Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Awesome. If you have your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And today, today is one of those days where the Word, as it goes forth, I don't know what it's going to do for you, but let me just tell you this. I'm being selfish today. I am preaching exactly what I need. So you may not get much out of it, but just know this. Your pastor is being edified today. And at the end, if we give an altar call and I'm the only one to respond, I'm going to be all right with that because I'm going to preach myself happy. Um, this, the, the, the last several weeks, uh, of course, you know what, what a challenge it has been. And you've seen the, the scope and the magnitude of, of destruction, disaster, and loss, and suffering. And I just begin to contemplate humanity and what we need. I want to talk to you today out of Mark chapter 6 because I think this is a beautiful snapshot of how the Lord Jesus handles overwhelming need. I want to talk to you about how to handle overwhelming need. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed? How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed and underqualified? Come on, holler, holler. Yes, indeed. There are moments I'm like, listen, this is way too big for me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have the resource in order to address it. And Mark chapter 6 is, is one of those pictures of Jesus. And I, I think there's a certain rhythm that we're going to see unfold. And I think there's lessons for all of us to learn. But I pray this encourages you as much as it did with me whenever God began to, to show this to me in Mark chapter 6. This is how Jesus handles massive need. Uh, in Mark 6, look at verse 30. Bible says the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and they told him all that they had done and taught. I mean, get this picture. Those 12 men, Jesus sent them out in power. He gave them an assignment and he said, listen, I want you to go to town after town, village after village, and I want you to preach. I want you to teach. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to raise the dead. You're going to set captives free. And he commissioned them and he sent them out. And so they come back. I mean, their, their schedules were just so busy. RPMs that were, were just at an all-time high. They're doing so much. They're seeing so much. They come back with such excitement, and they're telling Jesus everything that happened. Verse 31, Jesus said, hey, guys, that's great. But now here's what I want us to do. Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Let's, let, let's, let's unplug. I know you've been busy, busy, busy. You've been going, going, doing, doing, serving, serving, seeing a whole lot of stuff, but I want us to slow down. I, I feel like we need to unplug and, and go to a quiet place because you need rest. Somebody say rest. How many of you, that sounds good right about now? He said, I want you to rest. And he said this because there were so many people. Let, let me rephrase that. There was so much traffic So many bodies and people and lines and stuff, so much going on. The Bible says that Jesus and his disciples didn't even have time to eat. How many know what that feels like? 
You've been working sun up to sundown. Some of you, you know, you're gutting buildings and pulling up sheetrock and flooring and, you know, serving distribution and trying to help. And lunch comes and goes and you didn't even realize, wait a second, my stomach's talking to me. I don't know if I even ate. The Bible says they didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. Here's the first thing that I want you to see. Jesus saw the value in resting. Everybody say resting. There's something about rest. Now, I'm not talking about laziness, but I'm talking about rest because their schedules were so busy. They had seen so many people. They struggled to even find time to eat. And Jesus said, if you don't rest, then you will self-destruct. Now, the Hebrew word for rest is Shabbat, and that word literally means to cease or to desist from labor, to rest, to remove from. Many of you know that in Genesis, in the creation account, the Bible says on the first day, Jesus said, let there be light, and Jesus was working day one, day two, day three. Day. Six days he created everything that we see. In fact, how did God work when he created? He spoke. Actually, when you speak, there are words coming out. You are exhaling. God is breathing out. But the, the, the Greek and the Hebrew word for rest here, it literally means to breathe in. On the seventh day, the Bible says God took a breath. And what I felt today for us as a church, because I know you've been going, you've been doing, you've been serving, you've been helping, your schedule has been crazy. Some of you have struggled to even just be healthy in your own soul. I felt like today God wants to remind us, hey, you got to catch your breath. You've got to learn the value of rest. Have you ever said, just give me a moment, I need to, I need to take a breath. This is important. Jesus sees this because he knows we can't lead our families. We can't lead our business. We can't lead the church. We can't lead ministries from a place of emptiness. He says, you've got to put something back in you. I know a lot is coming from you, but you've got to put something back in you. I've discovered, and I think many of you have probably realized this over the last two weeks, there's a phrase called compassion fatigue. How many ever heard of that? How many of you, you never heard that, but it makes sense to you now. A lot of compassion. I think this is one of the strengths of our church because we are motivated by compassion. We are moved by compassion. If we see a need, we're going to throw ourselves into it and do everything we can to address it. But Jesus says, hey, you better be careful because out of nothing comes nothing. If you don't have something deposited in your soul, in your spirit, you're going to run into this thing called compassion fatigue. Here's how I define compassion fatigue. It's where you're doing so much and you're serving so much because the need is so great and you reach a point of exhaustion. In fact, you push past exhaustion and then it reaches and it becomes frustration. How many know that you say, oh, man, we're healing place for hurting. Where are we going to love on people? Come on up in here. And then you get compassion fatigue and you're like, listen. I'm about to slap somebody up in here. Oh, yeah, I'm about to knock somebody around. Oh, I've seen you up in this line three times today already. I'm already giving you stuff, and you're just angry at everybody. Come on now. Am I talking where we live? I mean, now listen, we, we love Jesus. We're supposed to love people. But if you keep giving, giving, going, going, and doing, doing, but you don't allow God to put something back in you, then if you don't watch this, if you don't care for your soul, somebody say soul care. 
if you, go, if, if you don't care for your soul, you're going to reach a place where you say, I don't care. Without soul care turns into, I don't care. Y'all figure it out. Y'all do it. I'm about to hurt somebody up in here. Back away. You get irritated at everything and everyone. And, and, and here's the, the, the point. God said, listen, I want your soul and your spirit to be in a healthy place so that when you serve, what comes out is spirit. If my soul is empty and I step into a situation where I'm supposed to serve, you know what comes out of me? Not spirit, flesh. How many know your flesh will get in the way? How many had some, just some random over the last couple of weeks, you've had some flesh moments. You didn't feel very Christian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your flesh will rise up because your body is physically tired and your spirit is empty. So you go to serve, but the result is not soul. It's not spirit. It's flesh. Jesus understood the danger of trying to do kingdom work, not in the spirit, but in the flesh. So he tells his disciples, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. You need to tend to your soul. Hear me, church. You are at your best when your soul is at rest. When your soul is at rest, you can be busy physically, but what happens is you're doing something from a spiritual realm, so there's a grace on you to do it. There's an anointing. You do it not in your own strength, but in the strength of God Almighty. And and Jesus wanted to make sure the disciples were very careful. I know you're doing a lot of great things, and I feel this for us as a church. One of the identifying trademarks for us as a church, we're not trying to be the best church in the city. We're trying to do the best we can for the city. And so we serve, and we give, and we love, and we care, and we demo houses, and we give hot meals, and we give bottles of water, and and when when we write checks and help other churches, and we do everything we know to do. But at the end of the day, Jesus says, listen, if you're empty in your spirit, you better slow down and rest find pockets of time to nourish your soul Jesus said hey guys get in this boat and let's take time to draw strength from God let me tell you something rest is not simply the 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 lack of activity rest is the presence of Jesus let me say that again, because sometimes we think, well, if I just sit down and do nothing, man, I'm resting. No, no, no. Sit in front of that TV all you want to, and you'll be more tired when you go to bed than you were when you first sat down. Rest is not the absence of activity. It's the presence of Jesus. Jesus said, hey, men, get in this boat. We're going to take some time to refuel. But look at what it says in verse 33. But many people recognize them. And they saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore, and they got there ahead of them. When Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, he had what? Somebody say compassion. You know what compassion is? Compassion is the willingness to be interrupted. Compassion is stepping into somebody else's pain. Compassion is walking in someone else's shoes. Jesus sees the multitudes. He sees the need. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So what does he begin to do? He's teaching them. He's working. He's serving. Verse 35, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, hey, this is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away. Think about it. (laughs) They left one place of need only to end up in another place of need. 
I can imagine the disciples saying, wait, Jesus, you just told us to chill. You just said, as our boss, you said it was okay that we take some vacation days. I've already filled out my PTO. You approved it, personal time off. I'm on paid vacation now. Don't put me back to work. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, wait, I, I didn't, we didn't, this isn't the deal. Lord, you, you, you told us that we needed to, to rest and refresh. I'm not ready for this. How many of you know that crisis is never convenient? It never consults your schedule. Don't you wish you could say, okay, Lord, we don't need that crisis right now because I've got this going on. Can you push that back a couple of weeks? Look, LSU's fixing to start opening season. I can't, I, I got too much going. How about we, we, we move it a, a couple of months down? Okay, here's a good time for a crisis. How many know you can't schedule a crisis? But how many have discovered you can't change the world from nine to five either? Sometimes things just happen. When people show up in need, you know, hey, I'm trying to rest, but here's need right in front of me. I want you to see this. They go from resting to serving. Okay, check this out. From resting to serving. Jesus knew in that journey, while they were in that boat headed to the other side, he knew what was waiting on them. So he told his disciples, find pockets of rest. Rest is the presence of Jesus. Nourish your soul because what's over here is just as needy. How many of you have discovered that need will never go away? It never does. Somebody always needs help. There's always a situation. There's a crisis. There's a challenge. And if we're not paying attention to what's happening in our soul, we'll show up to the other side and we've got absolutely nothing to give. We go from resting to serving, from resting to serving. Here's a beautiful, beautiful testimony, and, and I, I think they've got pictures of this. I want you to see. But there was a, a Sunday school teacher in Tennessee, and she, she had elementary age school kids. And together, those kids wrote over 500 letters. They drew pictures and wrote letters to give to children who were victims of the flood here in Louisiana. And so that teacher drove all the way down from Tennessee to our campus here yesterday to hand deliver 500 letters that her Sunday school class, these children, they drew pictures and wrote letters because they wanted to put them in the hands of children who had been affected here. In fact, check, check out one of these letters. I think it's awesome. Look at this. August 25th. Dear friend, my name is Gracie. I attend school in Tennessee. People in our community are sending supplies to you. I really hope that you and your family are okay. I have saw the news. <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> I've saw the news about what has happened. I hope that you can build your home back if it got destroyed. I want you to know that we are all thinking about you back here in Tennessee. Take care, Gracie. Isn't that awesome? I think there's another letter. Do we have another letter up too? Check this out. This is awesome. This is beautiful. Look, got the angel there. Don't you sense the peace of Jesus? Dear Louisiana, <laughs> we are very, very sorry the flood happened and we hope no one was hurt. It must have been hard just getting washed out of your home. So we have sent supplies. How many are glad for supplies? <laughs> oh, keep sending those supplies, Tennessee. Supplies to help. Remember, God always. Everybody say always. always. God always. I'm so thankful. He always. 
always loves you no matter what. Sincerely, Grace Meyer, nine years old. Isn't that beautiful? Those children made these cards for your kids, for my kids, and we were able to hand them out yesterday right here at this campus. You know, crisis is never convenient, and it stretches you to, to go beyond what you would normally do. But, but, but here, here's how this works. Between serving and resting, we have to find the rhythm of serving and resting so we can go the distance. I want you to think about this. If you've ever done any kind of muscle training, if you've ever worked out, how many ever go to the gym? How many of you have a gym membership? How many of you are reminded once a month that you have a gym membership? Yeah. Well, they say if you're going to do any kind of muscle training, what you're supposed to do is consistently go to the gym and put your muscles under stress. If you're going to lift weights, you've got to put enough weight on that bar that it's going to work you. And those muscles come under stress. But after you work out, you're supposed to rest and those muscles are going to recover. And now here's the beauty of it, that when you're working out, it tears those muscles down. But when you rest and refresh, those muscles grow back bigger and stronger than they were before. And here's what God showed me in the spirit. When it comes to this church, God wants to grow our influence bigger and stronger than we were before. But it's going to take a combination of stress and rest, stress and rest, working, resting, serving, refreshing. We've got to find that rhythm and that pattern so we can stay healthy. Can I have a good amen? You see, God will give us, in moments like this, I pray that your soul is getting refreshed. How many of you are glad that you're sitting down right now? How many of you are glad that there's air conditioning in this building? How many of you are glad that you're sitting and I'm standing and I'm doing all the work right now? You come here today, and you know what? My prayer is this, that God is filling you up. He's depositing something in your soul, in your spirit, that he knows you're going to need. Just like those disciples, when they got in that boat, there was a pocket of time, a window of opportunity where Jesus said, my presence is with you. Nourish your spirit because we're going to reach the other side of the lake. And when, when I have filled you up, then you will spill out. God fills us, we spill it out. Fill to spill, fill to spill. Stress, rest, serve, refresh. This is the pattern, and God wants us to find what works for us as a church and you individually. How many of you know that if you're constantly resting your muscles, you're not going to grow them any bigger? You get too much rest. We say, man, I'm just not motivated to do much of anything. But the other extreme is equally dangerous. If you're constantly going and working and tearing that muscle down, you never get it a chance to recover. And God's saying to his disciples, he's saying, trust me in the rhythms of this thing called life. I'm going to pour into you, but we're going to step into needs. Verse 36, the disciples say, send this crowd away. Send them away so they can go to the farms and villages and buy something to eat. Look at what Jesus says, verse 37. But he told them this, you feed them. You feed them. Interesting, Jesus already knew what he was going to do, but he tries to include the disciples in the miracle. You feed them. And the disciples are like, feed them with what? He, they said, we'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. Have you ever been in a situation where your resources didn't match your needs? Am I talking to anybody here today? 
You feel like your resources are small and your needs are so great. You feel overwhelmed by the task in front of you and you don't have the time, the energy, the money, the stamina to tackle what's in front of you. If you've ever been in a situation in life, and many of you are in that situation right now, where your need exceeds your resource, I want you to know that God's economy is different than ours. How many of you know that kingdom math is different than business math? How many of you ever had to take consumer math back in the day? Yeah, you got numbers, you got equations. The disciples are trying to calculate this. They say, Lord, we've done the math and we don't have the budget to make that happen. We've assessed the crowd, we've worked the numbers, we've calculated the results. It would take us working for six months just to earn enough money to pay the grocery bill to feed the crowd that's in front of us. But God's math is different. Do the math. In fact, here, let me bring you through this little exercise, okay? I want you to think of a number in your head, any number, pick a number. You got it? Okay, write that number down somewhere. Okay, write that number down, plug it in your phone, scribble it on a little scratch sheet of paper, and I'm going to give you some calculations. Okay, you got this? Some of you can do it in your head. You're super smart. Okay, here, here's what I want you to do with that number. I want you to double it. Okay? Now add six. Okay, now divide that number by two. Now take the number that you started with and subtract it. Your answer is three. What? How many of you, your answer was not three? Okay, you work in a different kind of math, baby. Okay, let's try it again. Think of a different number, okay? Think of a number. Think of a number. You got it? Okay, double it. All right, add six to it. Divide it by two. Subtract the number you started with. Word of knowledge. I just feel prophetic gift. That number's three. <laughs> now think about it. There are certain computations and calculations that man can make to arrive at a specific destination. But God's math is different than our math. Watch what Jesus does. Jesus, the Bible says, he took two fish and five loaves of bread. What is two plus five? Some of you are afraid to answer that right now, aren't you? <laughs> what is two plus five? Okay, hold on to that, and we're going to see what two plus five equals here. The Bible says Jesus took those five loaves and those two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he blessed them. And then he broke those loaves into pieces, and he kept giving. Now watch what he does. He takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it. Watch that process. This is important. He takes it, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it. And look at what he does. He kept giving the bread to the disciples, kept giving it, kept giving it, so they could distribute it to the people. He did the same with the fish, divided fish for everyone to share. Verse 42, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterwards, the disciples picked up how many baskets? How many? The Bible says afterwards that, that those 12 men picked up 12 baskets. Interesting. A basket for each disciple. Jesus wanted them to know, my math is different than yours. You feel like your resource is small and this need is great. If you'll just trust me, if you'll put me into the equation, I'll not just supply the need, I'll give you more than enough. In fact, God has a way of taking lack and turning it into leftovers. Come on, somebody. From lack to leftovers, because they trusted 
Jesus. The Bible says a total of five thousand men and their families were fed now many of you know in bible days they didn't count women and children i'm sorry ladies i'm so i don't know what, but they only counted the men so it, it just let's use some common sense if five thousand men showed up how many know there were probably ten thousand women <laughs> right you got five thousand men coming to church you have twice as many women come on talk to me and if you got ten thousand women you probably got twenty thousand kids running around somewhere Some scholars believe that in that single two fish, five loaves, that 35,000 people were fed. What's two plus five? But when you involve Jesus, two plus five equals 5,000 with a remainder of 12. Do you see how God's economy is different than ours? But if we rest, if we serve, and finally, if we trust. Somebody say trusting. If we trust him... God has a way of taking what we have and multiplying it to meet what we need. Can I have a good amen? I want to ask the band and the team to come up. I, I, just, I feel like this is, this is a word for us as a church because we are called and we are committed to this community to go the distance for those in need. I want to tell you, this is not a sprint. Disaster relief is not a sprint. It's a marathon. This is a long-distance race, and here's how we're going to make it to the finish line. And The need's not going away anytime soon. I said the need's not going away anytime soon. This isn't just something we decided to do for a couple of weeks, and now we're like, okay, y'all figure it out. We've talked to our staff and our team, and the heart of this church is to go the distance to help families get back on their feet. How are we going to do that? By serving, by resting, and by trusting. We're going to serve until we got nothing left. And then we're going to say, okay, I got to rest. I got to replenish. I got to feed my soul, feed my spirit. Because there's a pace to this thing. I'm not, uh, it's not a, a, a sprint and you give everything within the first 100 meters. It's a 26.2 mile. It's a long distance race where we pace ourselves. We run, we rest, we trust. We serve, we rest, we trust. And just like Jesus reminded those disciples, I can turn your lack into leftovers. He's telling us this today. He's saying, if you're going to make it to the finish line of recovery, if you're truly going to bring healing to a community that's hurting, you're going to have to serve with everything you've got. And you're going to have to rest when I tell you to slow down. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to trust me. Watch this. Because if Jesus says slow down, you need to know that he's the source of your rest. If Jesus says to speed up and serve, you need to know he's the source of your strength. You're going to find rest in him. You're going to find strength to serve in him. In fact, one of my all-time favorite verses In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I love this verse. In verse 9, Paul said it this way. He's struggling with this thorn in his flesh. And Jesus tells Paul, he says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Somebody say sufficient grace. Say perfect strength. Come on, say sufficient grace. Say perfect strength. Now, now, now what is that? 
what is a grace that's sufficient? It's, a, it's God putting something in your life to make up for what you lack. There's some days, honestly, I wake up and I feel like a two. And I'm looking at a situation that's a 10. You know what the grace of God is? The grace of God is that eight. The grace of God is, and but listen, I got to show up with the two. I got I to show up with what I've got. And I've got to trust that God's going to show up with what he's got. And how many of you know that what he has is everything that we need? Some of you here today, you feel overwhelmed and underqualified. And the word of the Lord is to you, his grace is sufficient. But he also says his strength is made perfect in weakness. How many of you are thankful for that? Listen, if you don't acknowledge your weakness, God's strength has nowhere to flow. Okay, let me say this again. His strength is made perfect in what? Weakness. So if I'm acknowledging my weakness, Lord, I'm weak, then he says, perfect. I've got just the strength that you need, and I'm going to put it right there in your weakness. Here's what I love about being a part of the family of God. I can talk to God about my weakness, and he talks to me about his strength. And, oh, he's got a lot to say about strength. He's got a lot of help that's on the way. When I feel like I can't, then I trust that he can. When I feel inadequate, I know that his grace is sufficient. And my prayer for us as a church, through serving and resting, ultimately we are trusting that the Lord is going to supply our need. And what we see is lack. He's going to say, man, I got some things left over for you. One basket for every disciple. He wants to include us in the miracle of transformation in this region. I really believe that God can use, he can take the worst thing that's happened to you. Hear me, this is the last thing I'll say. God can take the worst thing that's happened to you and turn it into the best thing for you. I don't know how it happens. I can't understand it. But if I serve, if I rest, and if I trust, every need will be met. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.